0: How many of you love the word today? Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5, and I want to continue on the series, Tutti Frutti. And I am not being, (laughs) every time I say that, I feel like I'm being a little bit, um, oh, I don't know, taking the word a little bit lightly or something, but I'm really not because Tutti Frutti is Italian for all fruits. All fruits. And what I want to talk about today is the fact that God is wanting you and me to bear all the fruits of the Spirit. And so Galatians 5.19, I'm reading out of the, uh, I'm going to just quote these verses out of the Living Bible because they kind of put it in a way it's a little bit easier to understand. So if you're in anything else, it's going to sound a little bit different, but it's still good. Now, he's beginning talking about the works of the flesh, You could call it the fruit of walking in the flesh. But he didn't even think enough about it to call it fruit. So he just called it works. But here's what he says. But when you follow your own wrong inclinations by walking in the flesh, your lives will produce these evil results. Now you list them. Impure thoughts. Eagerness for lustful pleasure. Idolatry. Spiritism. Spiritism. That is occult practices, hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger, selfish ambitions, complaining and criticizing. Do you know that's a work of the flesh? Complaining and criticizing, the belief that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little clique. How many of you ever had clique hatred? You hate cliques. You walk into a church. Say, I hope there's not a bunch of cliques here. All right. Then he goes on, there will be wrong doctrine. Wrong doctrine is a work of the flesh. Envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and the like. Now he says, those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, then he says, but when the Holy Spirit controls your life, He's going to produce this fruit in you, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if I were to offer you one or the other, works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit, which would you want? I mean, fruit of the Spirit is just easier to live with. It makes life easier. So, juxtaposing these two against each other, he's making it very clear to us that the flesh is obvious, and so is the spirit. Somebody walking in the spirit, it's obvious by the fruit. Father, thank you for your word today. And I pray that our congregation, this church, will walk in the spirit. And Lord, by walking in the spirit, not only not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, but will produce this fruit to the glory of Jesus Christ. We pray, Amen. Now, will you pray a prayer and say, "Lord, speak to me today." I receive your word in Jesus' name, Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, "Tutti frutti." <laughs> now, I want to ask that uh, there be as little movement as possible in the church today parents, keep your teenagers seated. I know sometimes we've got to get up and step out, but, but try to keep movement at a, at a minimum. People are listening, and it breaks concentration, and I really appreciate that. And turn your cell phones off. I've got an anointing to answer them. <laughs> All right. Now, if my Christianity doesn't work Monday through Saturday, my Christianity is no good. I did not get— saved just for Sunday mornings. I got saved to live a life. I got saved, and I gave my heart to Christ, and I began to follow him in discipleship because he had a life for me 24-7, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. He is Lord every day. And if it doesn't work Monday through Saturday, then it's not worth doing. And I want you to understand that we were not just saved for heaven that's that's a misunderstanding that is in the church we weren't just saved for heaven we were saved to produce fruit we were saved for a life we were saved to experience God every day we were saved to walk with him and he he says I want to make it clear to you if you walk in the flesh it's going to be obvious here's going to be the fruit outbursts of anger impatience occult practices, envy and jealousy, and all the things we named. But if you walk in the Spirit, it's going to be very obvious. You're going to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, and self-control. That's going to produce in you, be produced in you as a result of walking in the Spirit. Now, I've been weeks and weeks on the Holy Spirit. And every time I think I'm going to get off of it, the Holy Spirit doesn't let me get off of it. He wants me to talk about this, and I've prayed, and I prayed yesterday, Lord, what about this? And he said, you talk about this. You minister this, because I've got a call on my people, and I want them to understand what happened when they got saved and when I came into their life. Jesus came into our lives to totally and thoroughly transform us. It is not a Sunday morning deal. Sunday morning ought to be a celebration of what happened all week long, It ought to be a culmination of what he's done. Now, in talking about the fruit of the Spirit, I got to thinking a few months ago for the first time in my life, I bought a rose bush. I've never had a rose bush, and I like planting things. And a few years ago, I started getting into planting flowers. I never thought I'd be there, but I'm there. And I was going through this department store, and I saw this rose bush. Now, there was no roses on it, But I said to the the, the gal that was working there, I said, now, are you sure this is a rose bush? Oh, yeah. And, of course, there were the thorns and everything. And so I said, all right, I'm going to buy it. And I I bought the rose bush. And I took it home, and I studied about roses. Now, how much sun do they need? How much water do you give them? Uh, How can you best cultivate a rose? Studied all about it. Then I planted it right in the front yard, right where you would see that thing when it began to Blossom because to me roses are the queen of flowers there's nothing like a rose and here they brought in roses today for Kathy so I planted it and boy every day I was out there watering this thing and making sure the sun shined on it and I'd go out there a couple of times a day looking for the roses and eventually I began to wonder did they rip me off because there was no rose and I began to grow a little bit impatient. Went in and said to Kathy, I said, I just don't think this thing's going to blossom. She said, give it some time. I said, okay. So every day I went out there, and eventually, finally, I actually saw little, the little bulbs that are the, sort of the precursors to the flower itself. I went running in and told Kathy, there's bulbs on the rose bush. Now, you know you're getting old when that excites you. <laughs> Not old, but Older. If you had told me, I'd be running in and saying, Kathy, Kathy, and that is what excites me now. But it has happened. And so we kept on watering and weeks went by. And finally, one morning I went out there and here was this beautiful red rose, I mean, just shining like it had a light on it. And I stepped back to the curb and looked at it from a distance. It was like this red rose just captivated the whole front yard. I ran in again. Kathy, come out quick. I said, you got to see it. It's a rose. She came out and here was this beautiful red rose. Now, I got to tell you something. When I bought that rose bush, I didn't buy it for the thorns. I bought it because I wanted roses. I wanted beautiful red roses. That's the only reason I bought it. And so when I finally got a rose, it was like all my work paid off, all my effort, all the watering, all the care. Finally, there was a rose. Now, I want you to hear me really well today. God is the same way. He's the same way with you. You are a flower planted in the garden of God, in the garden of the kingdom God has planted you and please understand me today he's very serious about it God expects you and I to bring forth fruit he's the same way we've been planted in the soil of his kingdom watered with the Word of God I'm watering you right now your faith I'm watering it we've been watered with the Word of God God has shined the light of His love onto our hearts by the Holy Ghost, shed abroad in our hearts. And He watches every day for the fruit of the Spirit to appear on our branches. Jesus said, I'm the vine and your Father is the gardener. Did you know that God's a gardener? Jesus said, I'm the vine and the Heavenly Father is the gardener. Now, we got grafted into the vine called Jesus. We were grafted in. Paul said we were a wild branch and God grafted us in. We have been grafted into Jesus Christ like you graft a branch into a tree trunk. We have been grafted into the vine. Now when you're grafted into a vine, when a branch is grafted into a vine, it begins to draw from the same thing that is in the vine. This is how you know you're a child of God by fruit, because you've been grafted into the vine. And so what is flowing in the vine flows into you, the branch. You begin to receive the sustenance of the vine, the life of the vine, the water of the vine, the characteristics of the vine. We are grafted. You're a branch. He's the vine. He said, my father is the gardener, and he gardens. He takes care of the vineyard. What I've got right here." is a great big garden, a part of the kingdom of God, a part of the huge garden that is the kingdom of God. And God the Father is the gardener. He keeps the vine. He prunes the branches. He he performs fruit inspections. And he wants to know if you and I are bringing forth fruit. He is looking for fruit. He's just like me. He goes out there every day. I went out there every day. I want a rose. I didn't buy this for any old reason. I want a rose. I didn't put effort into this for nothing. I want roses. God comes along and says, I gave the blood of my son for you. I purchased you. I planted you. I've watered you. I've kept you. I've watched over you. I've shined the light of my love onto your heart. You have walked with me and known my spirit and known my ways and heard my word. And every day I'm walking to see what is blooming on the branches of your life. I'm looking for fruit. He's exactly the same way. Jesus talked about this thing called bearing fruit. And here's what he said. The seed sown, the seed is the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom. The seed sown in the good soil stands for those who hear the message. How many of you have heard the message? the gospel of Jesus Christ, who hear the message and understand it, they bear fruit. This is what Jesus said, they will bear fruit. 160 or 30 times what was sown. You know, when you sow a seed, you always get more from it than what you sowed. And here's what Jesus is telling you and me. When God sowed the word of the kingdom into our heart, Peter said, you were not born of a corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So God sowed his seed into your life. You became born again. You received a new nature. New life was born in you. And Jesus said, God is expecting more out of the investment than what he put in it. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for the fruit of the spirit. And Paul left no no, uh, mystery about what Jesus meant by the fruit. Until Paul gave us 1 Corinthians, we didn't know what that fruit consisted of. But now we do know. It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's long-suffering or patience. It's gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, and self-control. When he said he brings forth much fruit, that's what he meant. Fruit the fruit of the Spirit. Now I want you to imagine something with me just for a second. Imagine a single plant that produced nine different flowers all on its own. Nine different flowers in one plant from one stem at the same time, from the same source. From one stem, just imagine this, one stem came roses, daffodils, tulips, carnations, daisies, orchids, Geraniums, lilies, bright yellow sunflowers on one stem. Do you know the money that would save? You wouldn't have to go out and get them all. You just go up to the place there at Walmart, Home Depot, wherever you get your plants, and say, I want one of those super flowers. Oh, we got a super flower for you. Here you go. And you walk out with a full bouquet of nine different flowers coming out of one stem wouldn't that be cool but you know what you're never going to see it because the bible says that god created seeds this way you only get whatever you sowed. seeds reproduce after their own kind you don't sow an apple tree and get a peach you don't sow a tomato seed and get an apple You don't sow a carnation seed and get a rose. You don't sow a rose seed and get a petunia. You just don't. They come after their own kind. It it would be a botanical freak event. Were that to ever happen, it can't happen. That's the way God made things. But guess what? There is one exception, and the exception is you. The exception is the kingdom of God. Because this plant does exist in Christianity where you, the Christian, produces nine different fruits from the same plant. You produce nine fruits from the same plant. It's a botanical miracle in a spiritual sense. Nine different fruits from the same stem. God saves you and as you grow in him walk in him abide in him out of you so well, there's some love well and there's some joy and look there's peace and there's patience and there's gentleness and meekness and look there's some kindness and there's faith and there is self-control nine different fruits out of the same plant that is you and I want you to understand today God won't settle for seven God won't stop at five. You say, well, I'm real good with love, but not very much on patience. Oh, I'm a little bit kinder than I used to be, but oh, I'll tell you what, I don't have a whole lot of love. I'm just kind of, that's just kind of my nature, my characteristic. Well, your nature is going to change because you've received a new nature. And I want you to know that God, the gardener, is out after nine fruits. You are under construction. Whenever somebody gets around you, they need to be wearing a hard hat because you're under construction he that has begun a good work in you will finish it to the day of Jesus Christ he will sanctify you, you holy body soul and spirit and what is the good work that he is out about what is he doing it is to bring forth the fruits of the spirit in your life please understand this we don't hear enough about this we hear a whole lot about giftedness and talent and power and charisma and anointing but you know what? We've got to catch the fruit up to the anointing. We've got to catch the fruit up to the talent. We've got to be as fruitful as we are anointed. Or Paul said, if you don't have love, you're like a ganging cymbal. You're, you're, you're like a gong. You're, you're like, a, you're like a, an orchestra where most of the, the instruments are missing if you don't walk in the fruit of the Spirit. God is looking for all nine in you, and He's working on them every single day. He wants to see love. He wants to see joy. He wants to see peace. Listen to Jesus. He said, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. He said, Pastor, what does that mean? I don't fully know. I do know I don't want it. I don't want to experience that. I don't want to be cut off. Anybody in here want to be cut off? I don't know what it means, but I know I don't want it. Listen to what he said. My father is the gardener. He comes and he does fruit inspections. And when he finds a branch that's not bearing any fruit, he cuts it off. But then Jesus went on with better news. While every branch that does bear fruit, he trims it back so that it will be even more fruitful. He prunes it. When God finds fruit, he says, glory. That's what I'm looking for. Because Jesus said, when you bear fruit, you bring glory to the father. See church, here's what the world out there is looking for. They've seen the talent. They've heard the great speakers. They've seen the huge church edifices and the multi-millions of dollars. They've seen all that. They're not impressed by that. You know what they're impressed by? When they see love among us when they see joy in the midst of adversity, when they see peace in the middle of the storm, when they see somebody being kind and gentle and patient, long-suffering, when they see these things, they know that did not come from this planet because this planet does not walk in love. Is that a flash to anybody here today? Love is a rare commodity on this planet. This planet's filled with hate racism, division, judgmentalism, meanness, cruelty. It is not a planet of love. So when we walk in love, it stands out like a sore thumb. You know what it looks like? That red rose in my front yard. Say, man, you can't look at my front yard and miss that rose. Wah, there it is. And God spoke to me through that. That's exactly the way believers are to be. When they look at you, it ought to stand out like that red rose say, what is it about you? I smell the fragrance of Jesus Christ on you. I'm sensing something different. Ah, here's what it is. I've just abided in the vine. You know, when you abide in the vine, you don't have to do a lot of work. You just have to hang there. What are you doing? I'm abiding in the vine. That's why Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. It's easy and my burden is light. How do you bear fruit? Just hang, hang, hang around. What are you doing today? Oh, I spent time with God. I'm I'm just, I'm just abiding in the vine. And you know what? That branch that has been grafted in, all it's got to do is hang there. And the fruit that was in the vine begins to come into the branch. And here's the whole idea. I saved you so that the fruit that is in me would flow into you. And you would take on my nature, my characteristics, my personality. You would take on what is me and so I'm just hanging in that vine, abiding in that vine. Here comes love. Here comes joy. Here comes peace. Flowing into me as I abide. Jesus said, take care that you live in me, and let me live in you. For a branch can't produce fruit when severed from the vine. This is why I tell you all the time, you've got to spend God with every day, time with God every day. What, what do you do when you spend time with God? You're abiding in the vine. How do you abide in the vine? Read this word, spend some time in prayer, stay in church, be consistent, be with the fellowship of the saints, hang around believers, abide in him, and let his words abide in you, and that's how you abide in the vine, and just hanging there, you're gonna take on the fruit of the vine. For a branch can't produce fruit when severed from the vine, nor can you be fruitful apart from me. Now I'm gonna tell you some things Every Christian should know about bearing fruit. First of all, say with me, no. No. Let's try it again. No. See, he said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So here's what we're going to know. you got to know that God has called and chosen you to be fruitful. He has called and chosen you to abide in him and bring forth the fruit of the vine, you can be saved as the day is long and never bear fruit because you don't abide in the vine. Our churches are full of ornery, gnarly, mean spirited Christians who have never abided in the vine and never produced the fruit of the vine because they haven't abided, so they're mean, they're they're judgmental, they're religious, you don't want to be around them, they don't make me want their God, but you let somebody walk into a room full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, faith, self-control, and I want to know where they got that. Listen to what Jesus said, you did not choose me, I chose you. Now that levels us, doesn't it? There, are, there is no difference between you and me. The, the cross is the great equalizer. We were all the same at the foot of the cross. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. So can I inform you today, and I face this myself, it was not our brilliance that got us saved. We didn't wake up one day with some yearning for God, decide to go on some spiritual quest where we finally found God as a result of our quest. Can I tell you where we were? We were dead. Can you say with me, Dead. Now, you know what dead means in the Greek? Some of you know me well, don't you? I know where he's going with this. Dead. It means corpse on a slab. You were dead. Dead people don't seek God. Lazarus was not down in the bottom of that tomb saying, Jesus, come raise me. You know why? He was dead. And we were dead in our trespasses and sins according to Ephesians 2. Dead. Dead people don't seek God. Dead people don't go on spiritual quests. When your mind began to wonder about your relationship with God, it was purely the result of the Holy Spirit dealing with you. It says, no man says Jesus is Lord but by the Spirit. Because of the Spirit. And so he began to convict you of sin. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict you of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so we got convicted by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We began to think about our relationship with God or our lack thereof because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that's what got us saved. We got convicted of sin, looked up, and came to Him. So Jesus informs us, you did not choose me. I chose you. Now, if somebody chooses me, walks up, taps me on the shoulder and says, come with me. You're chosen. What's the first thing I want to know? what for? What do you want me for? You tap me on the shoulder. You say, come with me. You're chosen. I say, chosen? What am I chosen for? Jesus said, here's why I chose you. Here's why you got saved. It's more than going to heaven someday. It's more than just knowing you've got your insurance taken care of when you die. I saved you for far more than that. Now, church, follow me. We've got to get this. I'm talking about kingdom living, not just salvation. I'm talking about beyond salvation and that there's more to the reason we were saved. There's more to it. We weren't just saved. So he said, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm going to heaven someday. And then you just go live your life. No. He tapped you on the shoulder. He raised you from the dead. He filled you with his spirit. He gave you a brand new nature. He chose you. What for? He said, you did not cho- choose me. I chose you that you would go and bring forth lovely fruit. That's why. He said, I chose you, I appointed you to go and produce lovely fruit, fruit that will last through all of life's ordeals. I have laid my hand on you that you would abide in the vine, take in the life of the vine, take in the nature of the vine, take in the fruit of the vine, produce the fruit that is in the vine. you know what the fruit of the Spirit is? It's nothing more than Jesus Christ broken down into nine different characteristics. They are Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is Jesus Christ distilled, clarified, dissected, and placed under a spiritual microscope so that we can better understand the glory and the beauty and the multifaceted wonder of Him. So when I say love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, I'm just describing Jesus. What was He like? Full of love. What was it like to be around Him? Oh, He had joy. My favorite poster of Jesus of all time. He's walking down a dirt road, and uh, He's got His arms wrapped around two men. On this side is Peter. This side is John. And His head is thrown back, and He is laughing. We picture Jesus sullen somber, serious, came to save the world, judgment's coming, better get right, brow. Uh Uh-uh. It says the joy of who is your strength? The Lord. So the Lord has joy. So when I say love, joy, that's just another part of Jesus. Peace. He was filled with peace in the middle of storms. Patient. Oh, look at how he's patient with you and me. Thank God we're not grease spots. How many of you are glad for His patience? Gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, self-control. You've just described Him. And He says, I've called you to bring forth every one of the nine fruits that characterize Jesus Christ. They're all supposed to be growing in us, all of them. Paul informed the Galatian church this. He said, I'm in labor pains until Christ's nature is formed in you. You know what labor pains are? You know, I saw my wife have a baby. I was so glad he chose females to have babies. We went through all these classes, breathing, you know, count and breathe and count and breathe and lamas. And I went to all those classes. I couldn't wait to try it out. She was excited about it. We got in there. That class went out the back door so fast. I said, come on, Kathy. She said, shut up and bring me some ice. I said, oh, what about the breathing? <laughs> I'm just trying to stay alive. <laughs> I mean, it was serious stuff, boy. And, and and I was so dumb and dumber. I was wearing these platform shoes that you wore back in those days. I said, like, Kathy, come on, my feet are killing me. Say it. Dumb and dumber. If she had been able, I wouldn't be here today. If she'd been able after I said that. <laughs> oh, okay. But but I want you to catch what Paul said here. He said, I'm in labor. I'm in spiritual travail. I'm pushing. I'm straining. I'm crying out to God. This is so serious to me. I'm sweating in the place of prayer over you. It is so important, so crucial, so paramount that you bring forth the nature of Jesus in you. I'm in in labor pains until he's formed in you. Formed refers not to the outer or the external, but to the inward and the real. It speaks of our character and our conduct beginning to correspond with our inward salvation. He that has begun a good work in you. See, the devil starts from the outside and works in. God works from the inside out. The word was sown into you. And now that word, he says, now that you're in the vine, keep abiding, keep hanging in there keep abiding in that vine. And eventually, that inward salvation is going to begin to produce the nine characteristics of the personality of Christ. Now, here's the second thing you got to know. Say this with me. Gifts are sown, but fruit is grown. Jesus said the seed that fell in good uh, soil stands for those who hear the message and retain it in a good and obedient heart, and they persist until they bear fruit. Luke eight fifteen. Jesus said that. That's red ink. He said, I want you, that seed that was sown into you, you're going to have to persist until the fruit is produced in you. I'm after the fruit. I'm looking for it. Now I'm going to tell you something about the fruit. Because he used that word persist, that comes from a Greek word that means to abide under a load. And here's what it's telling us. Most fruit is produced under some level of resistance. Most fruit is produced under resistance. God will literally place us in situations that force our faith to bear fruit. Yeah, he will. You say, you say, Lord, I sure wish that I loved more. I just want to love like Jesus. Jesus. I'm so touched by the Lord, so saved. I feel his prayer. Help me to love like Jesus. God says, say it one more time. I, I, I'm keeping record of it. I just want to be sure I heard you right. Oh Lord, I'm just so touched. I'm, so, I'm so in love with you. Help me to love like you. Just love like Jesus. Touchy feely love. I just want, don't we all just want to love each other? God says, you got it. And next thing you know, you're surrounded by people you don't even like. Yeah. You go, oh. You say, no, 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 Lord. Give me somebody that's easy to love. He says, you don't understand. Fruit is produced in the presence of resistance, fruit comes in the presence of faith being stretched and tested and tried and stretched. When God stretches your faith, you never pop back to the same condition. So they say, so that's why you'll never hear me saying, Lord, I just wish you'd give me patience. Uh-uh, no. If you have lived with God for long at all, you maybe prayed that one time. And then, you know, I've often thought the, 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 the people who run road construction in this city know my schedule. Because every time I start to go out somewhere, it's almost like there has been a conspiracy. Okay, wick is going out. So, hit, take them down to roof snow, take them down to 820, and take them down to 35, and just load it down where all of them have one lane only. And he sits in that track. And, I, and so, I've had to learn this. I've learned that adversity is often God's hidden gift to produce fruit, because you do not learn love, loving the lovely. You do not learn patience when nothing is testing your patience. You don't learn kindness when you're not having to be kind against your grain. Are you with me? If I'm working out and I want to do something about the spare tire around my waist, I do not go out And do curls and military presses that work my arms that's not what i do if i want to take care of those abs that don't exist if i want them to start showing up and i want to do something about that middle i've got to bring pressure resistance and trial to my abs only by pushing on working on bringing some stress to my abs are they ever going to get stronger You don't say to a a physical therapist or somebody who works with people to to get some muscles and stuff, you don't say to them, uh, 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 I want some stronger abs, if you don't intend to work them. You know they're going to work them. When God orders a fruit inspection, He comes along, and believe me, these inspections happen all the time. You may not be aware of it, but God inspects the fruit of your life according to the Word of God. Jesus said He's the gardener. So here he comes. He says, oh, look, here's Wickwire. Well, he's got some love. Praise God, he's loving He's loving where he didn't used to love. And, and wow, now, now I'm looking at Tim's garden here, and here we go. Hey, Tim's got some kindness. He's not quite as ornery as he was when we first saved him. <laughs> Amen? And and here's Matt, and, and, and Matt's gentler than he used to be. He used to be rough, tough, gruff, and now he's gentler. So we got some fruit coming up, but oh, you know, Jesus, I don't see any patience. He says, you know, it's been tough with that one. They don't seem to want patience. They're content with a little bit of love, a little bit of joy, but the patience, they're not really interested in that. Well, we don't really care, do we, whether or not they're interested in patience (laughs) because we want tutti frutti. We want all fruits. We don't just want some. So let's move the circumstances in their life around where they're either going to go crazy or learn patience come on, everybody. They're going to go crazy or learn patience. Have you ever been there? I mean, if you don't have patience, it's a bad body to live in. You don't want to live life in the city without patience. You'll go crazy, baby. These people that go nuts all the time in our culture just couldn't handle the pressure anymore. But we've got to begin to see that adversity Whatever way it comes, if it's being around the unlovely and God is teaching you to love or is teaching you to be kind when you don't feel you ought to be and it's stretching your faith and your gentleness and your meekness, which is strength held back. So instead of blowing your stack, you begin to learn meekness, which is strength held back. Meekness is not weakness and it's not wimpiness. It's strength held back or self-control. And you know, I'm either going to learn the fruit of the Spirit or I'm going to live in misery. So you begin to thank God, and you begin to draw on the Spirit. I'm going to talk about this next week when I talk about how does your garden grow. I'm going to show you how to produce fruit. But I want you to understand today that God brings forth fruit in the presence of adversity. Oh, y'all's wheels are turning. I can hear you thinking, where's God out to get me? (laughs) Now, last thing I want to tell you quickly. Gifts are the evidence of your calling, but fruit is the evidence of your walking. I want you to listen carefully. real important in our culture now. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 20, Yes, the way to identify a tree or a person is by their fruits the way to judge the authenticity of someone's Christianity is not by their talent or charisma or gifts or abilities. It's by their fruit, according to Jesus. So when we're not supposed to judge people, political correctness has destroyed a lot of the church. Political correctness has taught us you better not judge. You better not look at somebody and judge them because if you do, that's not really right. That's crazy. Political correctness has taught us not to judge something to see whether or not it's right or wrong. That's crazy. We are to be fruit pickers. We are to look at people's lives. God doesn't want us hanging around with crazy people, nutty people, destructive people, people who are not godly. So you're going to have to judge. But it's righteous judgment, not pharisaical judgment righteous judgment fruit picking we live in a celebrity culture we worship talent we worship charisma we worship looks and you have movie stars that can live any way they want but as long as they've got that talent baby they can go out there and do anything but we don't care cuz they got charisma they got looks they got they got talent they can go act like somebody else in a movie and we're all impressed with it. But God's not impressed with that at all. The Bible says God looks on the heart. God looks on the character. God looks at the fruit. And according to Jesus, we should not judge a person's authenticity by their giftedness, but by their fruitfulness. Jesus warned. Listen to this warning. It's a mind blower. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we told others about you and use your name to cast out devils. Here's real exorcists. And to do many other great miracles, they looked gifted. These are gifted people he's talking about. But I will say to them, you never were mine. Go away from me. What does that say? He's looking for the real thing inside of us. He's looking for the internal, not the external. Gifts are sown. Fruit is grown. And just because we see somebody talented, charismatic, on TV, just because they're on TV doesn't validate them at all they may not even know the lord but pastor they move in gifts your gift will function no matter where you are in god your gift will function we've got to get down to the the fruit jesus said not all who sound religious are godly people for the decisive question is whether they obey my father in heaven and whether they have truly abided in him will be apparent." By the fruit. Can we stand together? I want you to say with me, we've been chosen chosen. to bear fruit. fruit. Two, fruit is grown over time time. through perseverance. Perseverance. And third, spiritual authenticity is revealed by fruitfulness, not giftedness. Father, I just thank you for the reality of Jesus Christ within us and that you are longing for that life to find its way out of us into the branches of our lives that we would bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, it does come through pressure. It does come through trial. It does come through abiding. It does come through stretching our faith but it does come and so lord help us to walk in the fruit of the spirit of god now can you breathe a prayer while steve plays lightly and to say lord help me to bring forth the fruit of the kingdom the fruit of the kingdom the fruit of the kingdom